Thank everybody for coming and staying today. Turn please with me to Deuteronomy chapter 21. Deuteronomy chapter 21 and verse 22. And if a man have committed a sin worthy of death, and he be to be put to death, and thou hang him on a tree, his body shall not remain all night upon the tree, but thou shalt in any wise bury him that day. For he that is hanged is accursed of God. So we'll read there. Turn please to Second Samuel chapter 18. Second Samuel chapter 18, and we'll begin reading at verse 9, Second Samuel 18 and 9. And Absalom met the servant, servants of David, and Absalom rode upon a mule, and the mule went under the thick boughs of a great oak, and his head caught hold of the oak, and he was taken up between the heaven and the earth. And the mule that was under him went away. And a certain man saw it and told Job and said, Behold, I saw Absalom hanged in an oak. Skip down to verse 14, please. Then said Job, I may not tarry thus with thee. And he took three darts in his hand and thrust them through the heart of Absalom while he was yet alive in the midst of the oak. And ten young men that bare Joab's armor compassed about and smote Absalom and slew him. Down to the end of the chapter, verse 32. And the king said unto and the king said unto Cushai, Is the young man Absalom safe? And Cushai answered, The enemies of my lord the king and all that rise against thee to do thee hurt be as that young man is. And the king was much moved and went up to the chamber over the gate and wept. And as he went thus, he said, O my son Absalom, my son, my son Absalom, would God I had died for thee. O Absalom, my son, my son. Turn please to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13. Galatians 3 and 13. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. And for our final reading, 
in Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 3. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? That's all I'll read there. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? The title over my message today is Cursed or Cursed is Everyone That Hangeth on a Tree. And in that verse, first place that we read in Deuteronomy chapter 21, that's the first place that we read this. For he that is hanged is accursed of God. As I was thinking through this message, and I have to admit I got some help from this on this message from something that I had read recently. But as I was thinking through and thinking of places in the Bible where we read of men hanging on a tree, there's two that came to mind. One was Absalom, and one was the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'd like to look at these two for a little bit and compare them. In Absalom we see, and for those, there are some here that don't know the full story around it, Absalom was a very rebellious son. Wanted to take the place of his father and be higher in the kingdom than he did. And so Absalom led a rebellion against his father, David, the King David. And Absalom, throughout this terrible rebellion that he would lead, and many people would die, David would consistently tell his top people that he had working for him, his generals or whatever you would call them, whatever you do, Spare Absalom. I know he's leading this great insurrection, this great rebellion against me, but spare him. I don't want him to die. I want him to be saved as much as you can save him. I don't want to be, I don't want to be overthrown, of course, but please spare Absalom, my son. And as we read there in 2 Samuel, Absalom was riding in this fierce day of fighting in thick woods, and we read in the Bible that more people were claimed by the woods than were claimed by the weapons of of other people. The woods were so nasty, apparently. But Absalom had long, long hair. And we read that he was riding through, riding on a mule, and his hair got caught in the branches of of an oak tree. And the mule kept riding and his hair was thick enough and the tree was strong enough that he just was hanging there by his hair. His head and his hair were caught in this tree. So we read that cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. And you know what? In the case of Absalom, it's not an untrue saying because he truly was cursed. He was not a good man. He led these rebellions against his father. He was a disobedient son. He was sinful. A source of great heartache to David. And then we read of how that Joab, despite what David had told him to spare his son, threw three darts at him, and then his men finished the job off and killed him. 
And we read there, it's a very, very sad verse there, verse 33 of 2 Samuel, where David is weeping over his son that's dead. Absalom, my son, my son, would God I had died for thee. Absalom died when he hung upon a tree. Now there was another that hanged upon a tree. Very, very different than Absalom. He was loved by his father every bit as much as Absalom was loved by David, certainly. But yet, he was an obedient son. Where Absalom was disobedient, the Lord Jesus Christ was obedient. Where Absalom was sinful, the Lord Jesus Christ was sinless. Where Absalom would be a source of great heartache to David, Christ would bring constant pleasure to God. We read in the Gospels, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. What a contrast we have. And yet, they would both die that cursed death of hanging on a tree. Absalom, as his hair head would be caught up in the thick boughs of that oak tree, and the Lord Jesus Christ, as he would be nailed upon that cross. What a contrast we have between these two men. Yet we read here, cursed, for he that is hanged is accursed of God. Was the Lord Jesus cursed of God? The Lord Jesus Christ lived a perfect, sinless life here upon this earth. You all who are listening that have heard the gospel week in and week out, you know this. You know how that the Lord Jesus Christ was taken and betrayed by one of his friends with a kiss. You know how he was sat in that court and the Jews would hurl accusations against him that were false. And even the, the guy that would sit in judgment over him would say, I find no fault in this man. What's, what's wrong with him? There's nothing I can see wrong with him. Truer words have never been said. Yet this was a weak man, Pilate. And he allowed the will of the people to overcome. And so what was the one who should have never been put to death, it was decided that he would die. But not before he was severely beaten. Not before he was severely mocked. That crown of thorns would be put into his head. That lash would open up his back, we read, as it were, like a plowed field. Those lashes, big, huge leather straps with metal pieces in them that would just tear the skin as they would strike the back. He suffered through some awful pain before he ever got to that cross. But he was an obedient son. He was sinless. And he knew what he had to do. He would then be taken up to that cross and he would be nailed there between heaven and earth. We read, the, we read those words used of Absalom too that he hung between heaven and earth from that tree. The Lord Jesus Christ would hang upon a tree. He would hang upon that cross and he would die there for our sins. Even while he was there on the tree, he would cry out, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. His sinless perfection, his perfect obedience, even there 
when we read that he became cursed of God, he was bringing constant pleasure to God. The Lord Jesus Christ did this not for himself. He didn't need to die. He was sinless. If there was ever somebody that lived that didn't need to die, that never theoretically or never would have and should have died, it was the Lord Jesus Christ. But he would die willingly. So that in his sinless perfection, he would be the perfect sacrifice for our sins. Very simple. We have on the one hand Absalom, who deserved to be hung from that tree. We have on the other hand the Lord Jesus Christ, who never deserved to be hung from that tree, but agreed to do so and did so, so that our sins could be paid for. You see, we are the ones who deserved to be hung on that cross. He that is hanged is the curse of God. I want you to think about that. As sinners, what is our position with God? The law condemns us. The Ten Commandments and all that was part of the law condemns us. We read in Romans chapter 3 that for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Everybody here knows, I think, that they're a sinner and that there is no way they would measure up to God's standards. Everybody knows this. I think everybody here knows that the Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross. And I would venture to guess that most here even think with head knowledge that He was the Son of God because you have no reason to believe any differently. You've been told this for many, many years. And you probably believe He was sinless too. But you've not taken it to yourself. See, we can sit, stand up here and talk until we're blue in the face about how that the Lord Jesus Christ died for your sins, how He was the perfect Son of God, how that you need Him to be saved. We can talk for hours and hours, and it will do no good unless you come to the realization that you need a Savior, that you need to be saved. And that's why He died on the cross. That's why He died there. The law condemned us. It revealed our guilt. There was no way that it could ever do anything for us. We're separated from God. We're cursed of God because of our sins. But then in Galatians chapter 3, we read, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, the very Son of God, became cursed of God and hung on that tree. He became a curse for us. And then we read the final part of that verse, for it is written, cursed is everyone, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. He did that willingly. He did it for us. But then in Hebrews chapter 2 we read, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation. We've spent a few minutes here talking about the Lord Jesus Christ and contrasting Him with the sinfulness of Absalom and talked about how that Absalom deserved what he got. The Lord Jesus Christ did not. 
See, we all deserve a death, a death like Absalom died. We all deserve an eternity in hell, which is much worse than the death that Absalom died. We all deserve that. We all deserve to be cursed of God. But we're not. Because of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, we're not. But then we come to this verse. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Our salvation is great. We could have never thought up a plan of salvation the way that God has come up with salvation. We could have never in our wildest dreams said, come thought of something that great that God would send His only Son from heaven to die here at the hands of mankind. A great salvation is what's being offered to us here. He became sin for us. He bore our curse there on the cross. He freed us from the law. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? It truly is a great salvation. Ask anyone that's saved, and they'll tell you, salvation is great. The life that we live after we're saved, we have a comfort and a peace that we know where we're going in eternity. No matter how difficult life gets here on earth, no matter how hard things may be, no matter how little money we may have, no matter how heartbroken we may be, no matter what the case is, this is the worst we'll ever have, and we have a peace and a comfort that is well beyond anything that anybody who doesn't have Christ has. Even in our darkest hours, we can look forward to that day when we'll no longer have dark hours here upon this earth because we'll be caught up either we'll die and go to heaven or else we'll be caught up in the air when the Lord comes and we'll be in heaven for eternity with that one who would become cursed for us who would die on that cross truly it's a great salvation that's being that's been done and it's being offered to each one here today. But I want to go back to those beginning words. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? You know, we, at my job, we do lots of planning. That's what I do for a living. I plan. And we always have lots of contingency plans in case... The main thing that we're planning on happening and hoping that will happen, in case it fails, we have a contingency plan that we can fall back on. If we didn't have things like that, we would be in bad shape because things rarely work out exactly as expected. Friend, what's your contingency plan if you don't get saved? What are you going to do? What are you going to do if the Lord comes? Those of you that live in Christian homes, your parent or parents might be taken away from you. We heard last week the gospel was preached very clearly about the coming of the Lord and how the great calamities that will occur at that time as many will be caught up and those that are left behind will be left in an awful, sinful world where there will be no Christians left at that time. There will be nothing good. What's your contingency plan what are you going to do if you don't get saved? 
Maybe there's things more important to you. Maybe there's things, you know, I gotta go off and do this or do that. I wanna get my driver's license. I wanna get a date with that girl. I wanna do this, do that, do the other thing. I wanna get this new toy. I'm looking forward to summer coming and being off school. Looking forward to going out and working, making a little money. Whatever the case may be, what are you looking forward to? Friend, how is anything more important than your soul's salvation? I want you to think about how are you going to escape if you neglect this great salvation? There is no escape. There is no escape. If you don't take what God has done, what God has offered, and that is putting His Son on the tree, where cursed is everything that hangs on the tree, putting His Son to a death, similar to that, the same as that, of what the most cursed men that we read about in the Bible bore, of what evil men like Absalom went through, the Lord Jesus Christ was put to a death on the cross, on a tree. Cursed is everything that hangs on a tree. He did that for us. But friend, what are you going to do when the Lord comes or when you pass into eternity? We read in the Scriptures, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Do you think that on September 10th there was people thinking that tomorrow morning when I go to work at the World Trade Center, that that might be the last day ever? I doubt there was anybody there that thought that. Otherwise they probably wouldn't have gone. Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. What's a day going to bring forth for you? What's going to happen the day after you die, the day after the Lord comes, if you're not saved? How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Are you going to allow yourself to pass into eternity cursed of God? Friend, I think that the punishment that you're going to bear in eternity if you don't get saved, the punishment in hell, is going to be a lot worse than it than would have been <clears throat> had you never heard the gospel. Never heard the gospel as frequently as you do. Because I think you're going to look back on all these times when the gospel was proclaimed to you, and admittedly, not in eloquent terms, but the gospel was clearly preached here every Sunday. And you often hear. It would be an awful thing to wake up in hell one day, realize... I sat in those meetings. I even had a couple anxious thoughts. I thought, you know, he's right. I do need to be saved. The Lord Jesus Christ did do this for me, and I do need to be saved. And how can I escape? You might be thinking these things. But friend, you've got to take it to the next step. And you've got to simply put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't quench those anxious thoughts that you might be having. Don't quench the Spirit. The Spirit's speaking to you. If He's speaking to you right now, don't push them away. It may be the last time. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? There is no escape. There is only eternity in hell. It's an awful, awful verdict. Guilty. Guilty. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It's awful to have to suffer for your sins 
when you don't need to. Great salvation has been offered. The Lord Jesus Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. He was made a curse for us. We have a great salvation. And you can have it. All you have to do is put your trust in what the Lord Jesus Christ did there on the cross. Believe that when He hung on that tree, when He became cursed for us, when He suffered through every single suffering that we would have passed through in eternity in hell, all you have to believe is that He did that for you. If you don't, you're telling God that you don't need it. And friend, what do you think your punishment is going to be for rejecting the Son of God? The one who became cursed for us. The one who died that lowliest of deaths hanging on a tree. The same as Absalom hung on a tree. He died for you that you can be saved. All you have to do is believe it. You know, I struggled for quite some time. How do you believe? I don't understand this. I want to try and believe. And I'd hear people give their testimonies and they'd say, well, it was kind of finally when I came to an end of myself that I finally realized that I was a lost sinner and needed salvation. So I would try to come to an end of myself. That didn't work either. It wasn't until there was absolutely nothing else on my priority list, nothing else on my mind other than the fact that I was a lost sinner headed for hell and that I needed salvation. It was then that the Lord finally, the Holy Spirit spoke to me, said, the Lord Jesus Christ died for you. I had come resigned to the fact but you know what? I was a lost sinner and I'm probably never going to be saved. That was when I realized that finally I was to an end of myself. Finally, I was stopped trying. I stopped trying my own things. And that was when I realized I was truly a sinner in need of salvation. Oh, I knew I needed to be saved from when I was young. But not until that night that I got saved, January 9th of 1989, did I truly realize that I needed salvation. That was when I truly realized I'm a lost sinner. And I thought to myself, well, the Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross for lost sinners. There's nothing else I can do. I'm going to hell. But then I simply put my trust on Him. And I became saved from hell for eternity. It was very simple. I struggled mightily with it. But it was very simple. That night that I achieved, not I achieved, that's the wrong thing to say. That night I believed that the Lord Jesus Christ died for me. The night that that great salvation, that there's no escape from if you don't get it, I realized that great salvation was for me. And I took it to myself and I was saved. Each one here in the meeting, if you're not saved, please, we plead with you, make this a top priority. You've got to put other things out of your mind. There's no guarantee of tomorrow. 
And I want you to think about how are you going to escape if you neglect so great salvation. God was satisfied forever by the death of His Son. Satisfied forever that the law no longer applies to us that are saved. Sin was silenced forever. Our sins, those of us that are saved, will never have to suffer for them in eternity. If we live sinful lives here on earth, there may be consequences here on earth that we'll deal with if we mistreat our bodies and all kinds of other things. That's the worst it'll be. Our sins have been silenced forever, and sin has been silenced forever by the Lord Jesus Christ's death from the cross. And the believer is saved forever. Once we're saved, you can't lose your salvation. Simply believe on what the Lord Jesus Christ did for you, did for every sinner there upon that cross when He became cursed for us. The unbeliever will be sentenced to hell forever. There's no two, no third place that you can go. There's either heaven or hell. We don't, there's not a single one of us that deserve to be in heaven. But because of that one who became cursed for us, those of us that believe are saved and will be in heaven forever. But how are you going to escape if you neglect this great salvation which is being offered to you today? Friend, I wouldn't trade places with you for all the money in the world. I wouldn't want to be unsaved for one second. I don't know how you can go on year after year hearing the gospel, neglecting the great salvation, and knowing that there is no escape. Think, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, and that the Lord Jesus Christ hung upon that tree, hung upon that cross on Calvary, that you could be saved. Don't neglect it. There's no escape. The great salvation, the gospel is the good news. The good news is, is that we're not here while this negative parts of our message because we have to warn of hell. We have to warn of what happens if you don't get saved. The good news is is that there's still an opportunity. The door of salvation is still open. Each one here, no matter how young or old you may be, has the opportunity to be saved. Right now. Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. But now, for now is the accepted time. For now is the day of salvation. You can be saved right now, forever, in the seat where you sit. We pray that everybody here would realize this and get saved before it's eternally too late. Would realize this. We pray.